Well, you know, one of my favorite authors is Max Lucado. And one reason I like Max Lucado, he's a pastor at, at a church in San Antonio, Texas, and he's written dozens of books. But Max just has a way of connecting with people. Um, taking kind of what's going on in our, in our world and connecting it with the grace of God through his writing. And his books always uh, uplift and encourage and inspire me. And his newest book is called Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. And he wrote that book because he came to the conclusion that we are living in troubled times. <laughs> Would you say amen to that? <laughs> amen to that. We are living in troubled times. And if you don't believe that, just buy a paper today. Um, I mean, every day we're confronted by uh, all the the racial tensions in our country right now and all the upheaval with our government leaders and terrorist threats and uncertain financial markets and uh, hurricanes and wildfires and, and on top of all of that, the Colts don't look very good. <laughs> I mean, they don't. The world is a mess. <laughs> And you know, our natural response to all of that is what? It's, it's anxiety. It's fear. We get anxious about the present and fearful for the future. But Max contends, and I wholeheartedly agree, that God's Word teaches us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we should not live that way. We should not live our lives in anxiety and fearfulness. We should not be prone to overreaction and panic. But we should be able to maintain a center of calm and peace in the midst of the greatest storm that might be around us. We're going to be in Philippians 4 this morning. Philippians 4, starting with verse 4, and that's on page 1829, if you're using one of our pew Bibles. It's only a handful of verses, but in these verses, the Apostle Paul talks about this very thing, of how we can maintain peace and calm in a world filled with trouble. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that passage of Scripture. I've read it dozens and dozens of times, but I have to admit, there are times when life is pretty hard and there's a lot of things going on that I think Paul's just not very realistic. <laughs> Rejoice. 
And the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Is he telling us just to paint a smile on our face and act like everything's okay even when it's not? Is he telling us to be like the ostrich and just stick our head in the sand and try to pretend that all this stuff's not happening around us? No. He's being very realistic. And lest we think Paul may have written that uh, because he doesn't have any trouble in his own life, all you have to do is, is read through some of his letters in the New Testament and you discover that's not true. Paul had a troubled life. He talked about being imprisoned numerous times, being beaten with rods and beaten with whips and almost stoned to death and being shipwrecked at sea. And he had a chronic physical ailment that, that caused him a lot of suffering. So Paul was not writing out of a charmed life that had no trouble. He had plenty. So how can he say... Rejoice. And the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. Well, he's not telling us to rejoice in our troubles. He is telling us to rejoice always because in between the rejoice and the always is what? In the Lord. What we are rejoicing in is the fact that in spite of our troubles and hardships at the moment... We are in the Lord and the Lord is in us. And that makes all the difference in the world. I'm rejoicing in the fact that God knows, God cares, and God is here. That's what I can rejoice in. No matter what is going on around me. This is a constant theme in the Bible. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. I like that word, cast. It's like you just pick it up and ugh, throw it out there. taking the burdens and worries and cares and concerns of our life and just packing them all up and casting them out to God. Knowing that He will take them and will carry them for us. Paul goes on to say, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now that sounded a little out of place to me. Because when I think of gentleness, I think of how we treat people. Uh, if you're gentle, you speak softly. You treat people very kindly and sensitively. But there's another side to the definition of gentleness. The, the Greek word translated here, gentleness, actually means to be level-headed and even-tempered in the midst of trouble. In other words, you're able to remain calm in the midst of the storm. 
Now, anxiety is contagious. Have you ever noticed that? I could be having a perfectly lovely day. <laughs> Everything's just going well. I'm as happy as I can be. And someone can come and sit in my office for 30 to 45 minutes and just lay all their anxieties and worries and fretfulness out there. And by the time they leave, I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> and fearfulness is that way. When you're around people who are fearful and who always expect the worst and who are very kind of pessimistic, negative people, it just, it's contagious. Pretty soon you find yourself thinking that way. But I want to suggest to you that calm is also contagious. And that's why he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let people see that you can handle the troubles and stresses and worries of life differently than those without Christ do. Let them see your calmness, your steadiness, your peace, even in the midst of trouble. And that will be a powerful testimony to your faith. Because it's not natural. I already said that our natural response to trouble is anxiety and fear. So when you don't respond that way, and you respond with a sense of calm and peace, people are like, well, what's up with him? How can she do that? I couldn't do that if I was facing what she's dealing with. That's when we have an opportunity to tell them that it's because of what Paul writes at the end of verse 5 that makes that possible. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Boy, Satan is a crafty one, isn't he? When, when, when trouble comes, when I'm having a really rough time, the thoughts that start running through my head are, I don't think God cares. I don't think he's going to show up. I think you're on your own this time. And there's a part of me that says, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. I may think I'm alone. I may feel like I'm alone. But the truth of God's word tells me I'm never alone. Jesus closed out his great commission in, in the Gospel of Matthew by saying, And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm always with you. And who am I going to believe? Jesus or the father of lies, as the scripture calls him? Paul goes on in verse 6 to tell us that prayer is the antidote to anxiety. Prayer is the antidote to anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, I think we all understand there's different levels of intensity in which we pray, isn't there? If we're sitting down to eat and you say, Roger, will you bless the food? I'm probably down here on the intensity scale. You know, I am thankful. 
But I mean, I'm not going to have this, Jesus, thank you for this great chicken. You know, it, it's just not going to be there. It's not going to be that intensity. Although fried chicken does get me fired up. And you don't even want to get me praying for chocolate. Oh, Lord, that, that'd be off the charts. But I mean, that's down here. When, when we pray here together in church, we're, we're moving up the intensity scale. But when Paul says, but in everything by prayer and petition, that word petition kind of throws us a little. Another word is supplication. And what it really means is praying with all you got. <laughs> You're not just saying, Lord, help me. You're saying, Lord, help me. <laughs> because I'm, I'm at the end of the rope. And I've already lost my grip with one hand. And I'm down to two fingers of this one. You know, I, I got nothing but you. He's saying when you, with intensity, pray and put it all into the hands of God, it's like a big old cargo truck backing up to your life. And you're going to do what we talked about earlier. You're going to cast all your cares, your worries, your anxieties, your fears. You're going to throw all that in the truck. And in its place, you're going to take God's peace. Because he goes on to say that he will give us the peace that passes understanding. And what he means by that is it's not natural. It's not natural. There's nothing in this world that can produce this kind of peace he's talking about. This kind of peace only comes from truly committing your life to the Lord and knowing that He is near and that He's with you every moment of every day. And He goes on to say, He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now when you go down to a Colts game, you have to go through some security, don't you? You pass through uh, a metal detector. There are security guards there to check bags and things and make sure you're not taking anything in you're not supposed to. And then you have to move to a ticket agent that's going to check and make sure you have a valid ticket before you're ever going to get into that uh, football game. Well, that's the imagery you need to have here. When he said the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you've truly given it to the Lord, when you've truly committed those things that you know you can't handle to Him, it's as if He posts those big burly security guards. Think of those guys in the black shirts with the sunglasses, says security across the front. And they're just standing there at your heart and your mind. And anxiety comes along and says, oh, He's got a lot to worry about now. You know, I'm sorry. I can't let you in. He's got the peace of God in there. Fearfulness comes along and says, you know, his life's falling apart right now. He's got a lot to be afraid of. He says, I'm sorry. You're not on the list. He's got the peace of God in there right now. I can't let you in. <laughs> and I know that those words are not just idealistic wishful thinking but they're true because I've experienced it time and time again in my life 
about this time last year when Sue had her second stroke. She woke me up at midnight with a, just a blinding headache. And I knew what was happening because it happened a month earlier. Got her in the car. We're rushing to the emergency room at Community Hospital in Anderson. And here it comes. Anxiety, fear, panic, despair. Oh no, here we go again. This one seems even worse. Is she going to get through this one? What's going to happen? It's all rising up. But then I remembered that a couple of weeks before, I had memorized a scripture. And I memorized it because it, it really spoke to me. Psalm 143.8. And that scripture says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I have entrusted my life. And that scripture came to mind, and I must have repeated it 20 times as I'm driving to the hospital. And then we got in there, and from about midnight to 5 a.m., the doctor had told me we're not sure um, when this is going to stop. If the bleed continues much longer, we're going to lose her. If it stops, we can, we can get through this. So we had several hours of uncertainty, and I'm sitting there in that critical care room, kind of having this constant battle with the anxiety and the fear and the panic. And yet, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. And when I finally truly gave it over to him, you reach that point where you realize you are absolutely helpless. I could do nothing but pray. But prayer is exactly what I needed to do. And at some point in the early hours of the morning, those security guards took up their post on my heart and my mind. And they said, enough. We're not, we're not letting these guys in anymore. The bouncers came along and threw anxiety out. They threw fear out. They threw out panic and despair and said, you got no place because the peace of God has taken over. I hope we will all realize that no matter how difficult life can be, no matter how hard the struggle may be, no matter how hopeless the situation may become, we can rejoice in the Lord always. We can let our gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. And if it's, instead of being anxious about anything, we will truly pray about everything with intensity. <laughs> then He will give us the peace that passes understanding. And He will guard our hearts and our minds in 
Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for inspiring Paul to write these words. We need these words. These words of life, these words of faith, these words of hope. We do live in troubled times. There is so much going on in this world, it would be easy just to throw up your hands and say it's hopeless. But it's never hopeless when the Lord is near. And your word says you're always near. So, Father, when the anxiety comes, when the fear comes, place the guard of your peace at our heart, at our mind. And keep us close to Christ Jesus. For it's in his holy and precious name we pray. Amen.